unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Coming up on this week's show, joined by one of my baseball guys, Joe Finger. We'll talk about the MLB postseason. Joe is standing by in the virtual green room, and we'll have that conversation coming up in just a few moments. So normally I don't talk about some of the bigger uh, opinionated stories in sports, you know, because the hot take artists uh, wear those out uh, on a daily basis. So I try to give you a little bit of a break for that. Um, But the John Gruden story, which has certainly uh, uh, captured headlines over the course of the last several days. Just a few conclusions on that. First, clearly, clearly, (laughs) John Gruden was meant to be taken down by somebody. That is as apparent as the snow is white. That John Gruden was going to be taken down no matter what. By whom and for what? (laughs) I think there's still more to be determined there. But uh, you look at this situation with the emails and, you know, Gruden's not the only uh, guy who violated good ethics here. The Washington football team, see them (laughs) from their ownership and management. Hello. And these guys aren't taking any hits. Something smells a little foul there. And the other part about John Gruden is, you know, we put players and coaches and, you know, famous people on such a pedestal and we see them and you come to these conclusions. Oh, he's a great guy, this, that and the other. And or he's a bad guy. The bottom line is we really don't know any of these guys (laughs) unless you know them personally. What you see isn't always exactly what you get. It is time now to talk about the Major League Baseball postseason and all its excitement. Joining me now, one of our baseball guys, Joe Finger. Joe, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Jeff. Always enjoy talking baseball, especially with uh, good friends like like you and our buddy Jay Cresswell, who's not here tonight. We'll be thinking about him as well. Yes, as we talk uh, as we talk baseball. Yeah, Jay is traveling, so Joe, I'm going to ask you to take on the role of you're going to have to pitch a complete game. You got to go okay. the distance here. So, <laughs> and we know how common that is in Major League Baseball today. <laughs> that's that's for sure. So, anyway, let's uh, talk about it. First thing to talk about, I guess, is uh, tonight's action between the Giants and the Dodgers. Uh, so it'll be the fifth and deciding game in that series. A nine o'clock start Eastern time. So, you know, I guess this is kind of what you would expect between the teams that uh, had a the most wins in baseball between the two of them. Uh, that it would come down to the final final deciding game. Yeah, I think it's it's appropriate. You know, we spent most of the season, Jeff, you and I, and probably Jay too, pondering whether whether not really not whether but when San Francisco would finally relinquish the. Uh, division race to the Dodgers, and they never did. Um, if you would have told me before the season began that the Dodgers, defending champs, would win 108 games this year, or 107, whatever it was, and still not even win their division, and that San Francisco would have been the team to win it, I would have thought you were nuts. No way. Uh, but, you know, here we are. Uh, and it's a, a game of epic proportions and – you know what? I guess it's fitting that it comes down, comes down to this. Hey, I've read where the uh, Dodgers kind of pulled a little surprise here uh, just hours before game time, deciding to go with uh, their reliever to open the game, maybe go a couple of innings, uh, Corey Nebel. And then I guess they're probably going to go with their 20-game winner, uh, Julio Urias, after that. Uh, I don't know that they've done that all year long. Uh, so they're kind of rolling the, rolling the dice on that. That is an interesting strategy, uh, to say the least, considering, you know, uh, how well Urias has pitched. And he pitched great in the postseason last year, too. Yeah, and, and earlier in this series as well. 
And I, you know, watched a little bit of that game earlier in this series, and he he was he was great. He was he was twenty and three, I think, on on the season. So you know, it's interesting. Managers and sometimes players at this time of the year, I have read, uh, tend to have a little bit of a gambler streak in them, and that doesn't always work out. Uh, so I, you know, it'll be interesting interesting to see. I, I, I would guess the Dodgers are thinking maybe. With this move, they might force San Francisco's hand a little bit in terms of what their starting lineup will be. Um, but when you've got a guy who's 20 and three and who's pitched as well as their guy has, I don't know why you want to start messing with that. I, yeah. I, it just seems to me when you start moving away from a, a strategy or a tendency that has proven so successful, why would you want to tinker with that? Yeah, I heard John Smoltz on the radio this afternoon. He was up talking about that particular situation and says, you know, these kind of moves are, you know, with the analytical based kind of things that to go on during the regular season. He said in the postseason is so much different, you know, because, you know, every batter you face is locked in. There's there's yep. such great, greater scrutiny and such greater intensity that sometimes these quote unquote gimmicks um, are are kind of risky uh, to try in in the in the postseason. Yeah, I almost wonder whether you would have to have a separate set of data uh, going in for postseason play, so that the, the you know the one hundred sixty two game analytics model wouldn't necessarily apply into a condensed setting. Because I think as I'm sure Smoltz. Uh, probably indicated things are different. Yeah. It's not just a hunch. I mean, you probably could for sure say that there are different dynamics in play and, you know, things like trying to um, make your closer who's never pitched more than one inning, go two innings, or maybe come in in the eighth inning where he's never come in the eighth inning or uh, bunting when you normally don't bunt uh, things like that sometimes backfire and uh, they might seem like good ideas at the time. Uh, but you're right. Analytics has a uh, probably a, a, a limit to its viability. And um, some things may be learning that the hard way. That being said, I mentioned that because I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I don't have a crystal ball, but I wouldn't be surprised if that move doesn't necessarily work out the way the Dodgers are hoping it does. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And of course, I would not be surprised, given the way they have battled all season long, if this went extra innings, <laughs> and, and as a Braves fan, I'm hoping it goes 15, and the the winner uses Let's all the. Let's go pitchers. 15. <laughs> Let's go 15. That's right, because you know um, the Braves are resting right now, right? Yep. But you know what, Jeff? There were I, I saw something else today, kind of counter counterintuitive to that, uh, that that pointed out that if you look in the first round of the playoffs, some of the teams that clinched first and were able to rest up and kind of coast in were the first ones out, one of them being the Milwaukee Brewers, who your Braves knocked out. The Rays clinched a while ago. They got knocked out. The White Sox clinched a while ago, and, of course, the Astros beat them. So for every, <laughs> for every argument, you know, there's always a counter statistic somewhere, but that's what, that's what makes this always an interesting discussion. But if I were a Braves fan, I'd be thinking the same thing you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Let them go 15, <laughs> burn, their, burn all the pitchers up. I mean, that can't not but be a good thing for the Braves. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and you know the Braves Brewers series. Uh, you know, the so the Braves advance, and I tell you what, I was so excited that it was Freddie Freeman delivering the clinching punch. Um, I launched out of my recliner as soon as yeah. he hit that ball because I knew it was gone. Uh, you yeah. see his swing enough, you know. Yeah. Isn't that a great <laughs> feeling? That's either the best feeling in the world or the worst feeling in the world, depending on which side of the. Um, uh, you know the game you're on when it's your team there's nothing better but boy if you were a uh, you know if you were a brewers fan you're of course you know wasn't quite over but uh, you, they knew at that point probably oops the braves are going to move on yeah and i will admit this that um so game three i listened to uh on my mlb app because i was a I, I was at the office and of course i watched last last night's uh uh, uh game four so i will admit this I stopped listening and I stopped watching when Will Smith comes on to close the game because he makes me so nervous. Well, he yeah, is, the, the, he, yeah. he does not believe in a clean inning. <laughs> yeah. The, I guess the, you, you know, the Braves better than anybody, but I, you know, I understand the Braves, the bullpen hasn't necessarily been their, 
their strength at times. And you probably have some heartburn and sleepless, <laughs> sleepless nights pondering, you know, what the bullpen has or has not been able to. Although I will say this, no in, the, in the last month of the season and in this series, they pitched outstanding. Uh, yeah. you know, they helped uh, garner a couple of shutouts and, um, and, you know, Will Smith, you know, certainly got a number of saves, but he did have a few blown saves. And, yeah, he makes me very nervous. It's like, OK, I can't watch him do this. <laughs> so. Yeah, you've got some great arms out there. I mean, you look at the stats. I mean, these guys are really, really good. But some of those guys sometimes on any given day, they just don't have it. And you're just hoping that it's not going to happen at, a, at, a, at an inopportune inopportune time. But, you know, that being said, I mean, I wasn't surprised at all that the Braves uh, won that series. I mean, you know, you know, in baseball, 162 games, you can't just look at the final record and the final stats. It's what has the team been doing lately, particularly over maybe the last 40 or 50 games. And, uh, you know, and we've talked about the Braves through the year. They were kind of in the mix with the Mets and the uh, Phillies, all just nobody even playing hardly 500 ball for a long time. And They scuffled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, but over the, I think the last, what, 50 or 60 games, they had one of the best records in baseball. Uh, you know, they, you know, they, I've been reading up on them a little bit because I knew we were going to talk about your team. But they really did a, a makeover on the outfield, for example. I mean, they, they were going crazy at the trading deadlines, like a whole new – a whole new team out there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely for sure that, you know, uh, the Alex Anthopoulos made great moves at the trade deadline because, you know, it goes to show you, you can't replace Ronald Acuna Jr. with just one guy. And right. it was a collective yeah. effort. And, you know, to me, getting Adam Duvall back was, uh, was so tremendous. You know, here's a guy who basically hits 40 home runs every year, but can't stick with a team. <laughs> which is yeah, pretty what's up with that <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's, it, you he just gets caught up in the numbers somehow or or whatever but uh but he played great coming back minus his uh base running gaffes he had two of them uh i did hear about the one you know, yes i didn't see it but i heard about it later yes fortunately and, it didn't yes. have a season form or anything and and I got a new uh, a new term to pass along to you that I'm I'm stealing from uh, Steve Zabin in Washington D.C. He calls those base running mistakes tube lands, which stands for throwing out on the bases like a nincompoop. <laughs> <laughs> like a nincompoop, yeah. And you know, I read something today. I don't remember who wrote it, but somebody was saying that uh, they were speculating that uh, all the extra adrenaline and hype and intensity sometimes causes base runners to think that they're Superman out there and they're going to try to take an extra base or do something they would probably have never have done in the regular season. So they just need to be mindful of that. It's almost mm -hmm. like it's almost a non-volitional tendency to like, oh, I got this. And they end up getting thrown out or making a blunder yeah. and, you know, potentially costing a team a ball game. Yeah. But as you said, the outfield makeover and then, you know, Jock Peterson, you know, with his, uh, Calling him Jocktober because of uh, his, his exploits, because of what he's got like 11 postseason home runs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, pick uh, up. yeah. That, You've even got uh, um, Everyday Eddie out there from the Twins, Eddie Rosario, who's a, yeah. a, a free spirit. I'm sure he's helping to keep the guys loose in the clubhouse. He's I always liked him. You know, yep. he, he was a bit of a loose cannon, but uh, he's a good, good ball player, got a lot of experience. Yeah, no question, and uh, yeah, they 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 do have that uh, they do have that very jovial clubhouse. I guess you know teams that go this far generally do. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's yeah. not to be happy about? Yeah, right? so so you have that. Uh, so it's a it is great chemistry going on, and there. three really good starters too. I mean these these guys, I you know I know they're probably not the marquee names that you know we maybe been accustomed to. Uh, over the years, perhaps, but I'm looking at these guys' stats. I mean, your guys, uh, Morton, Fried, and Anderson are all really solid, and they've got a very good postseason stat line as well. So these guys have produced uh, in the clutch, which uh, to me means nobody should be looking past the Braves. I don't care whether you're the Dodgers or the Giants, because yeah. you know, this is a, a pretty hot team coming down the stretch right now, and nobody ex maybe expects them to win except maybe they can give themselves a chance, which I'm sure they do. And that's not a bad setup for a team. They're just no. going to lie and wait and let the big boys come. And you still got to play the game. You can't mail it in. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, and I, I was asked, you know, which team I prefer, and I really don't have any preference. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you that. You yeah. know, because it's, it's like, you know, they're both really, really good. Uh, you know, maybe getting some revenge on the Dodgers for last year would be kind of sweet. But uh other than that, you know, that's uh, it's you know, it, 
it would shape up to be a marvelous series, yeah, I think, no matter what. You know, yeah, I mean, how do you pick between those two great teams? I mean, the Dodgers have a really, three really good starters, uh, you know. I mean, I would hate to face those guys, but the Giants have the best record in baseball, so – you know, you know, and they've been your, told all year, you know, you yeah. know, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, right out of the eighth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, these these teams just—I've never seen really a battle of, of two uh, great teams like that in all the years I've been watching baseball. Winning that number of games—I don't—I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like that. Yeah, you know, and what makes me nervous about the Braves uh, in the postseason is that they are home run reliant. Uh, and teams that tend to be home run reliant have troubles <laughs> at times. Um, you know, that said in game four, they did a little yeah. better job scratching out yeah. runs because it comes, becomes more important. You get a guy on first base, you, you got to find a way to get him around. You do. Home run reliant teams. That reminds me of the Twins from two years ago and even the Yankees the past couple of years. Lots of home runs. But, yeah, when the long ball is not flying, uh, then you have to find some other way to manufacture runs for sure. Yeah. And you're and you're facing you know the team's three best pitchers you know so yeah, there's the three pitching. best pitchers on yeah. top teams, you know that does become a little bit of a cancellation yeah, potential yeah, that's, so. that's a legitimate a legitimate concern to be sure. But again, I don't think the Braves uh, to me was not a surprise that they uh, beat the Brewers. And what do you think about uh, Milwaukee uh, going with Hater in the eighth inning? I don't that think he's done surprising. that very often. That was surprising. I'm almost wondering if he, that he was going to try to get two innings out of them. I would maybe so. But that's backfired before. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but I always kind of cringe when I see that happening. Yeah, and Woodruff was pitching very well. So yeah. he, he could yeah. have gone another inning, I that think. That was the thing, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but it, all it takes is one pitch, and there it goes! And the Braves <laughs> are on their way, right? Yeah, exact, yeah. exactly yeah. right. Makes so uh, postseason. Yes. So let's talk about the American League side. We'll have the Astros of the Red Sox. So let's talk a little bit about how the Red Sox got there. And of course, you have a resident Red Sox fan. Uh, yeah, my wife uh, being from Cambridge, Mass, just across the river from Fenway Park, uh, is a huge Red Sox fan. And I, I pull for the Red Sox in the American League. I don't know what happens if, it's, if the Red Sox and Braves get in there, because I like the Braves as well. I'll, I may just have to I'll tell you I'm pulling for the Braves. I'll tell her I'm pulling for the Red Sox. And hopefully we'll never meet, so at least anytime soon. Um, but, yeah, uh, definitely a surprise that they did as well as they did, I think, especially in the uh, American League East. Uh, speaking of which, I know the last time you, me, and Jay got together, we were right coming down the stretch the last week of the season, and I made the brilliant comment that I thought the Toronto Blue Jays might just be the best team in the American League. And I, I, what I meant to say was, I think they're probably the best team in the American League that will not make the playoffs. <laughs> 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 they went out and lost two games to my Minnesota Twins right after we did our show. And I yeah, thought, but, but you did, you know, prognosticate the potential of the four-way yeah, tie a, a, and a we had game. that possibility on that yeah, last right. day that was it was exciting it really was exciting <laughs> but i'm thinking yeah we put the old kibosh on the blue jays um, you know, that, <laughs> after that that, that brings me to another point too is you know game 162 why doesn't major league baseball have all these games on tv you know they got enough network partners to pull it off Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if you watch ML, you know, show, M- yeah. MLB Network has the, you know, the the, the baseball tonight cut ins and things right. like that, which is better than nothing. Yep. But yep. you would think, you know, because he, because now they even have a logo for you know game one sixty two. <laughs> so it's it's like, yeah, why wouldn't you, you know, because I know Fox has NFL football, but you know FS one's available to them. Yep. ESPN probably could have dropped a game on ABC on a Sunday afternoon, uh, you know, and then with, with Turner, uh, they, they had, they had the one game, but you know, they could have thrown TBS and, uh, and TNT in there. I'm thinking that they got to do a better job making that stuff available. little marketing expansion there. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, why not? I mean, my goodness, you don't get a race like that every year. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to wonder what happened in 1967 when we had a four-way jam up in the American League. Remember the, the Twins, Red Sox, so White Sox, and Tigers, I think, were going right down to the last game of the season. And I seem to remember hearing an old clip somewhere where they, they had the Twins-Red Sox game on, but 
the other games, they were just doing audio cut-ins from Tony Kubek is in Detroit today with an update on the Tigers and White Sox. You know, but that was a you know far different time. Uh, yeah, you know, we were dinosaurs back then. Uh, yeah, but you're right. I mean, with today's technology, sure, put it and all they out went, there. And they went to all the trouble to have all the games play at the same time. So, <laughs> you know, that's right. It was all right there. It yeah. was all right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, to your point about Boston, I read where the analytics guys with Boston, uh, their their own analytics division had projected about 86 wins this year, uh, 86, 87 wins. And they thought the Red Sox best case scenario might be in contention for a wild card spot, which in fact they, you know, they got, but uh, you know, they were, they led the division for a while and kind of tailed off, you know, in the second half and then almost missed the playoffs altogether. I was looking at it today. Um, you know, they had to beat the nationals in that last game uh, to clinch, to control their own fate as it were. And they were trailing in that game to, to another Lily team. I mean, the Red Sox were had lost a couple to the Orioles. They, they had trouble with the Nats came back to win that game to win, to clinch that wild card spot and then had to beat the Yankees in the one game winner take all wild card game and had to beat the Yankees and Garrett Cole. And then they go to Tampa, the 100 uh, victory team and lost the first game to the Rays. And so it has never looked good uh, in terms of how they've started and how the, the situations they've been in. But I found out today that's really in keeping in character with the team. They had more come from behind victories than any other team in baseball this year. And mm. so it maybe should not be surprising that they had to come back and clinch that, that spot. And uh, just when they were on the precipice of being knocked out, uh, here they are. And um, a resilient so, bunch of lads. <laughs> you know, there, it is. You know, there's a little bit of history here, Jeff. There's yeah. a little bit of history here. Um, I remember back in um, 04 uh, when they won that first World Series, they had to they had to come from what from behind and beat the Yankees four in a row. The, in the, yeah, four in a row. Series. I mean, that first was, time that had ever been given, done. Given up for dead uh, in that one. Um, and, you know, even though they beat Tampa Bay, uh, beat the Rays, uh, it could have gone the other way. I mean, face it, they, they, you know, the, we could talk about the ground rule double rule if you want to. But then, Yeah, you know, I do want to get your take on yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get into that. But, you know, they, had to, they won um, both of those last two games against the Rays in walk-off fashion. So it's not exactly like they didn't have to really earn those two victories. Which brings me to my first trivia question. Ding, ding. Night. Uh, can you name the only other team to win the final two games of a postseason series in walk-off fashion? The only other team to win the final two games of a postseason series in walk-off fashion. Any postseason series I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just the like the division round or anything like that. Uh, Dodgers over the A's in the World Series. Uh, good guess, but that's not it. Okay. Hmm. Here's a here's a hint. Want to give you a hint? Yes, I'll need one. Yes. Here is how Game Six of this series I'm talking about ended. Into deep left center, and uh, we'll twins see Braves. you tomorrow night. Twins Braves. As soon yeah, as you said, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> didn't have to say much, right? Yeah, as soon as though, as soon as you went there, it's like yep. I can give you the. Hey, listen, I can give you the call on Game Seven too, if you want me to. You want me to, hey, or is go. that going to be torture? No, no, it's actually you know that's one of the great World Series of all time, man. Yeah, yeah. There's no shame yeah. in being a loser in that one. Yeah, it's a, just a jackpot. Game Seven, uh, Pena in trouble. And then the Gene Larkin swings the bat, Jeff, and we hear the Twins are going to win the World Series. The Twins have won it. It's a base hit. It's a one nothing ten inning victory. And Jeff was checking into uh, the local trauma ward for an antidepressant or something like that. But um, but you it know, was Jeff, the, it was the trauma world of the alcohol cabinet. No matter <laughs> no matter what we talk about. There's always six degrees of separation between whatever we're talking about and the 1991 World Series. It doesn't that, matter. And that's you know true. You're going to work that in somewhere. That is absolutely true. Yeah. So, um, I just so, had to do that. Yeah, I know. Hey, you but know, yeah, the I, Red Sox, and you know, the Red Sox um, uh, what, won, the, won the World Series in 2013. The year before, in 2012, they had finished last. That's right. In their division. 
And I think so the same thing here, right? I mean, last year they were in the cellar and the, uh, the East and here they are back in the uh, finals of a league division series. And I believe that's only happened four times where a team that had finished last the prior season made it as far as a league championship series. And of course, you may recall that both the twins and Braves would fall into that category in 91. I think they both went from that is correct. Yes. Earth, and which, which made that such a great, such a great world series. Yeah. No. So, so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to overhype it, but you know, the, the fans in Boston are thinking, Hey, this could, this be another team of, uh, you know, a team of destiny. Yeah, that, that could very Stars well are aligning. Yeah, no, that so. definitely, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, let's talk about that controversial play. The ground rule double oh, the wow. ball yeah. hits off the hits, 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 I guess, hits the ground, hits the wall, hits Renfro and goes over the fence. were there. Yeah. Hits, yeah, hits the yeah, fence, yeah. hits the ground, hits off his leg, goes over the fence. So it's rolled a ground rule double. So yeah. the Rays do not get the scored run that they would have gotten probably Definitely had the ball would. stayed in play. That obviously would have scored. So that's a, that's a tough one because, you know, as we always say, you always see something you've never seen before. Yeah. I can't ever recall seeing a play like that before. Not quite like that. And of course we've seen ground, you know, the, we've seen ground rule double plays and not, not all that infrequently where the ball goes into the dugout or it bounces into the stands. And typically it's kind of a, just a regular game and, uh, no big deal. And, and we know that sometimes it works to the advantage of the defense, the team that's in the field, because mm-hmm. the runner clearly would have scored. But when it happens, it's such a key moment in such a um, important game. And the way it happened, it, it didn't just bounce over into the over the fence. Yeah, it a, cl- a, player, a player's involved. Yeah, a player's involved. I've yeah. never seen that before. I don't, yeah. Have you heard anybody say that they've ever seen that even in just a regular routine game, no. let alone a playoff game? No. No, I know, I not that I, I know that either. I mean, I'm sure it's had to have happened before in some fashion. I've never but, seen it, but I haven't heard anybody say, oh, yeah, way back 50 years ago, this happened. But I, I haven't even heard that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's, yeah. It's like, you know, when people are like, hey, well, you know, he punched the wall. You know, he, he, he made the ball go over the wall on purpose. It's like, come on. He, he well, can't be thinking. Yeah, about I mean, it was clearly he did not. Nobody no. was making that argument. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're a Rays fan, it's like, oh, geez. Uh, you know, what, what type of. Could could possibly top that? Yeah, uh, but I it mean, is the rule. I don't think there's any question about it. It was like a barbin. It was like a barbin incident for them, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what are we going to do? I mean, what I, I haven't heard anybody suggest. What are we going to do? Let's uh, go back and look at the. Uh, we're going to have the. We're going to go back and look if we've got video of all the different angles and say, well, let's make a determination of whether the the runner would have scored or not. And if, and if it's clear that he would have let him go ahead and count the run, I don't think you yeah. can open that can of worms. No. Oh my God. No. I mean, they, they can't get replay right to begin with. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, <laughs> what, what is there a viable alternative? I, I know let's let the right fielder jump over the fence and go <laughs> retrieve the ball only yeah. if it bounces off his leg in a situation. So, you know, yeah. that's kind of silly too. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, and pray you don't have to, you know, climb a 10-foot wall to get to, yeah, get to, get yeah, to that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not sure I could have jumped over that fence now. I'm, I'm in my younger days. I might have been able to jump <laughs> over that little fence out there. Yeah, but, so. Yeah, I don't know what you do, Jeff. I mean, it's just, you know, it is a game. I mean, and there are limitations to what you can control. And that's just one of those things. We see weird plays happen all the time. Ricochets, uh, not all the time, but over the years, we've seen strange things happen in football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. Yeah, it did make me. You know what? It did make me think at the time when the ball hit Jose can take Canseco and they yeah. hadn't bounced into the stands. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was before it hit the ground. <laughs> yes, yes, so that's a home run. Yes, okay. yes, I was when he was I'd with the Rangers. Yeah. yeah, I'd never. Yes, I'd never seen anything uh, like that the other night. Yeah. Wow. What are you going to do? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it sucks if you're a Rays fan. It's, it's just yeah, all but boils just, down to it. You know, yeah. what can you do? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And the Astros, you know, they certainly have been, you know, uncontro, uh, not controversy free in their in 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 their recent seasons. So this is right. a you know, in there was, was even some claims by the White Sox that they were trying to uh, beat the system again. And I heard that. I guess there was nothing to that. From what nothing I to it, you understand. know. But you know, yeah. once you know, once you've gotten that reputation, I guess people are going to throw those arrows 
if things aren't going their way, I suppose. But yes. uh, but you but you look at this and you know Dusty Baker, you know, seventy two uh, years old now. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. and you know he was. You look what they did last year in twenty twenty. You know, and they and they then they yeah they beat the Twins in the first round. I mean, they came back and you know played a really run. well. Yep, and then and then you know, look at them yeah, this so year. Continue to do it. You know, so I mean, what yeah, a great yeah. job yeah, they, by they, him. They got a, some of the same guys there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, some of the same players that were on that world last World Series team been around for a while. Altuve kind of bounced back this year, put some really good numbers up, and they're a really gritty team. Yeah, I think, and I th- to me, I think Houston and Boston are similar in some ways. They're experienced. They they're gritty. They just get in there and battle, 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 battle. They don't have the marquee starting pitchers. Neither one of them do that they might have had in years gone by with the Verlanders and the uh, um, Garrett Cole and you know the Red Sox had um, you know Pedro and some of these guys. And Chris Sale is not the Chris Sale of old. I hope he can regain that but he's not where he was so they, they rely on a different way to to win ball games so i, I think that's going to be a very interesting series i really yeah. do i that you know and, it's a pick them I, I don't know who you know, and the astros who, are probably playing with a little chip on their shoulder too i would think you know yeah you yeah. know because they are the they are the you know, team this, is, this yeah the the disliked team they that, been uh, in the um yeah the people you love to hate them uh, but they, you know, they could use that to their advantage as well. They, they probably will. Yeah, they've been in the Ameri- in the championship series five years in a row now, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, American League final five years in a row. And uh, uh, trivia question number two. Okay, what's the, what's the last American League team in the playoff era to appear in the American League championship series for five consecutive? seasons and it, and they did it for five consecutive seasons just like the astros are now at this point last AL i'm not sure i would have been able to answer this had i not I've, kind of looked it up today alcs five consecutive years yeah I'm, I'm thinking about that yeah, yeah made it to the finals and they, they and of those five they did get to the world series i think in three I'm, of those i'm gonna say the oakland five. athletics you are correct yeah <laughs> 71 to 75, yeah. the great A's team of the early 70s with the Reggie Jackson, Sal Bando and company. Yep, did it for uh, five consecutive years. But there's one team that's done it even more, and that's Ooh. eight consecutive eight consecutive times. League championship series. I think so. Wow. I believe so. Yeah. In, in the American League or, na- or National League? I think it's the National League. National League. Unless I... Unless I um, Eight consecutive? Yeah, I think so. In the 90s. Yeah, I was going to say the Braves. The Braves, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves. Amazing. I mean, they just, basically, they just basically took the decade there. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, I don't know what that feels like Yeah. Uh, to have a team that wins that, you know, goes that far every single year. Because my other guess probably would have been like maybe Cincinnati. Big Red Machine. Yeah, I would have yeah. thought Big Red Machine. Yeah, or maybe um, I would have, you know, been – yeah, some of the teams I'm thinking about would have predated the the modern playoff era as well. Back when I first started watching baseball, the the Orioles had some great teams. The Pirates were had had some great runs, but uh, nothing quite like the Braves during the Bobby Cox era. Yeah, you know, that was year a, after year after year. That was an incredible run, and you know, is 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 people like to point out they only captured one World Series in that time. But uh, I always go back, you know. If you could, t- if you if you can tell me my team's going to be in the hunt fourteen years in a row, yeah, I'll take my chances. <laughs> and they did win the world. And look, they did win the World Series. It would be a little different I, if, if you had to say, yeah, they got there nine times and never once won the World Series. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would compare that to would be the Minnesota Vikings getting to the Super Bowl twenty-seven times and never went well. Four years <laughs> like that, you know, never winning it. But yeah, they got that one when uh, beat beat the Indians, right? That's the one time they. they that was the I one think, time, yeah. yeah. And yep, you know, and they right. you know, and they had the they had the Yankees, you know, in their in their crosshairs. They had them, yeah. And, in the, yeah, and then it. it got away. So it the hated the hated Yankees, who, who fortunately were quickly dispatched by the Red Sox this year. Yes, uh, dismissed. Don't have, don't have New York to pick up. <laughs> kind of miss it, miss it though. We could be picking on the Yankees at this point, but. And we'll, we'll be back at them again next year, bashing the Yankees. There's always next year, right? Yeah, definitely. So, 
So a couple items of off-season news uh, breaking today, essentially. So uh, Mike Schilt in the St. Louis Cardinals part ways. Uh, I just saw that. Philosophical differences, because I think you're on his contract. They better say philosophical differences. It certainly can't be based on performance. What did the Cardinals do? Win the last 50 games in a row or something? Or <laughs> 20 or whatever it was? They did 17. And, and then play, uh, yeah, and then, and then and they, play they, a, a solid series in the, uh, against the, uh, the, uh, the, the Dodgers, Dodgers, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so. Philosophical differences. Yeah, I. Uh, whatever that means. Yeah, that's a. That's a strange one. Matter of fact, I asked, um, uh, I have a gentleman from Memphis on my AAC report uh, uh, that I yeah. do, and uh, he's a big Cardinals fan. And of course, their their uh, AAA affiliate is in Memphis. So uh, I oh, asked yeah, okay. him, I, I asked him his thoughts on, on how he felt about that. And this is what he said. Schilt does not manage a bullpen well big picture over the course of a season, which is a big, important skill these days. But 91 seasons don't happen by accident. The guy is 100% class, would never embarrass the franchise. So he is surprised by this parting of the way. So, yeah, there's something sketchy behind the scenes. So, if you look at my that. first thought, and just speculation when I hear philosophical differences, is there's a personality clash or somebody's being a real jerk or this guy just, you know, he's not, he's a pain in the you know what, and we just got to get him out of here. That doesn't <laughs> sound like what your guy was saying there. Yeah, no. What yeah. to do with just strategic uh, differences in terms of how to utilize the, the players? Yeah, you know, I think he's one of these analytics guys, so I don't, you know, it's uh, it's it, it's uh, it it's 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 a little puzzling. The, yeah. To say well, the by, least. by that measure, I think maybe Kevin Cash ought to be sent packing because I'm not sure <laughs> they manage their bullpen that well. Yeah. <laughs> In the Red Sox series. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, you you could you could definitely make that argument. Uh, so yeah, that's so, a, so that wow. was surprising surprising news. And then the Yankees fire three coaches from uh, Aaron Boone's staff. So it looks like Aaron Boone's going to survive, but and I don't know which coaches. They yeah, I heard it's going to survive. Wow. Yeah. Which that well, is kind of a, a a bit of a hot hotbed of controversy in New York. I think I'm not sure the Yankee fans are really keen on him as the manager. Well, yeah, at this point, I mean, if they're not in the World Series or coming close, then New York's always a a hot seat, and they they had the talent, and they've yeah. invested the money, and uh, you know they're not they're not here. So, so Marcus yeah, Timms and Phil Nevin. Yeah, that's a little, I don't know. That catch me as a little bit surprising. Yeah. That's a, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And it is always interesting when the, when the coaches are tossed under the bus and not the manager, it's always a little. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what kind of message that sends. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and who was it that had, um, which team was it? the giants have, have the, the most coaches in the league. I read they have like, uh, 16 coaches or something. I'm a little article today that they, they, they invest more in their coaching staff and it's getting plaudits because of how successful they were this year. So I don't know if maybe other teams will look at what maybe the giants. Have so, done. so that's all, that's all coaching staff is, but it's, that's all Kapler needed in Philadelphia with 16 coaches. <laughs> Yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's so 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 that's that's, that's, that's the two thirds the size of the player roster. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we have a personal a personal manager for each player. I, I take it not all of them are sitting in the dugout. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, maybe they get each one of the players a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you you Mom have stumbled onto the next big thing, Joe. <laughs> we are investing twenty million dollars today in a life coach for each player. <laughs> that is fascinating. Yeah, that yeah, is- I, I, I was not aware of that, but uh, yeah, just one more piece in the puzzle for the great season that the Giants. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and you look at Kapler. You know, in Philadelphia, it was like he was considered a clown, <laughs> basically, right? You know. I- you know, it works that way with managers sometimes and with players. You know, guys go elsewhere and suddenly oh, they're on the all-star team. Yeah. yeah. We've talked about that before. The Twins have certainly jettisoned those kind of players. You know, comes back yeah. to haunch you sometimes. It reminds me of a joke I saw just recently where I guess uh, Manfred said that they were going to 
start playing, uh, uh, continue to play games in different venues like the uh, the Field of Dreams and the Little League that they were going, oh, to, yeah. going to go. Yeah. They were going to play more games in uh, non major league settings. And uh, somebody said, yeah, he's talking about Philadelphia in October. <laughs> yeah, you can see that punchline coming. Just fill in the name of the city. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, bada bing, bada bing. That's good job. Yeah, that's exactly. Good. Yeah, so. You remember, right. yeah, I was going to other news kind of off the playoff path. You, you remember Ray Fossey? Oh, pastor? yes, yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah, of the days. Week, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess he had a long battle with cancer, but I remember, uh, uh, you know, he's most associated with, with the Oakland organization. Now he spent, I guess the majority of his career there as a player. And then also was Many in the years on the broadcasting there for a long time is very well liked and thought of. But I remember Ray Fossey as a rookie catcher in 1970 in the all-star game. Um, was I, like a long extra inning all-star game. I don't know if it was like one, nothing. It was very little scoring and uh, bang, bang play at the plate to end that game. And Pete Rose, who never does anything half-heartedly just crushes Fosse at the plate, right? He's trying to block the plate and Pete is coming head first. It was a violent collision. And I think uh, Fosse suffered a fractured collarbone as a result of that and was out of action for quite a while. But I'll, I'll always remember uh, Ray Fosse for that for that reason. And he had, I guess, had lingering effects of that for not only the rest of his playing career, but even after his playing career, it was, yeah. it was that traumatic of an injury. So yeah. And he was always very was classy about it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that, you know, Pete Rose was playing for home field advantage before that even existed. Well, that's, <laughs> that's Rose. I mean, I could, you know, if it's the seventh game of the world series, maybe I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if many players would do that today. Uh, you know, you're going to try to kill somebody in an all-star game. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Rose was, you know, that was Pete. And, you know. When it all costs, he probably had a buck or two on that as well. So <laughs> that right. could. Yeah. Lord only knows, Jeff, how far <laughs> back it went. <laughs> um, any other things from the from the season or any other trivia? Which, uh, got anything in the bag still? I don't know if I got any more trivia, but I'm, I've kind of gotten into the playoffs here. The Red Sox are in it. The Braves are in it. We've got two great teams in the NL West battling it out and the hated Astros. So uh, I think we, we do probably do have the best teams in it. I, I looked at the stats again today and especially the teams with the best pitching, the best team ERA, almost all of them are right, right here where you would expect them to be. And teams like the Orioles and Twins who couldn't get their grandmother out. Uh, well, you know, they're watching at home. So, yeah, yeah no surprise there. Yeah, well, there you go. So, uh, congratulations! You pitched a complete game, Joe. Did I pitch a complete game? Okay. Yeah, Woo. yeah. 140, 142 pitches right there. And you got the win. And you know, I was quickly. You mentioned that. I was just thinking today we ought to do a show at some point. Like, let's talk about the evolution of pitching. Why is it that pitchers don't pitch complete games and are, are removed? Well, I know there are reasons, but it'd be interesting to look at the different variables. What are the most important variables? in the evolution of the use of starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. Because when you and I started watching baseball when we were kids, guys would pitch complete games and pitch 300 innings, and you never heard anything more about it. Yeah, I mean, It's like, oh, you're going to kill this poor guy. No. Uh, these days, oh, he hit, he's pitched 90 pitches. He's going to have to come out. His arm's going <laughs> to fall off any second now. <laughs> yeah, or he's going to lose his effectiveness. Uh, yeah. no, it, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be a great show to look at the, is it, is it psychology? Is it physiology? A little bit of both? Who knows? Yeah. Well, the one thing that I do like about playoff baseball, too, is that there is, there's at least a little bit more of managers managing with their gut and not by the numbers. I mean, I think the analytics still come into play to, to some degree, but I think that at least brings that element back where they're going, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make this move. Like, you know, a perfect example is the Braves-Rewers game is, you know, they burned two pinch hitters yep. in, the, in the fourth inning. That's a risky yep. move, yep. but it paid off. And a compressed, it's a compressed four game season now or five game season. So yeah, it's going to, it's going to influence what you do. No doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. So good point. No question. All right. So you ready to do, uh, do your TV theme? Always. Yeah. All right. Let's hear it. Here we go.
All right, Joe, and your TV theme is... The theme from Mad Men, which I think is the first theme I'm going with from a cable show. I mean, up until this point, we pretty much stuck to old school network television. But Mad Men was a period drama, as the uh, expression renders today, that ran on AMC for seven seasons between 2007 and 2015. And is, I think, widely regarded as one of the greatest TV shows of all time and in the polls uh, of of, um, critics and so forth. It was set in uh, on Madison Avenue in in New York. And hence, Mad Men refers to Madison Avenue men uh, advertising executives back in the 60s, back in the sexist days of the 60s when men <laughs> ruled the world. <laughs> and you know, we're not, we are not those kind of guys, Jeff, but that's where no. this comes from. So it, it really delved into the, uh, the trials and tribulations of those personalities during that time frame, from about the 1960 up to about 1970. And it was exceptionally well done. Uh, you know, we took TV shows, yeah, you need good writing, you need good acting, but they they really took it to another level on this. I think everything from the camera angles, the cinematography, the research that went into the show, the nuance that went into the show. I always looked at the show. I, I, we really enjoyed it. Uh, my wife and I watched it uh, regularly, and we we often thought it would really elevated what we saw on television to a to a higher level. And of course, there've been some other great shows from that golden age of television as well. This would certainly count as one of them. Yeah, you know, I have never seen it. Uh, you should check it out. Yeah, Definitely. no, I think I think you know because I do occasionally look for a show to, to start binge watching. So I think I will put that on the list. You know, and you know, I'm surprised I haven't seen it because you know Christina Hendricks is in it. <laughs> so yes. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised I haven't. Eyes, yes, say. yes, I, yeah. So I'm surprised yeah. I haven't seen it. But, and um, you know, Matt, yeah, Matthew uh, Weiner was the um, uh, creator. And also was heavily involved uh, with the directing and wrote a number uh, of the episodes, which um, I think, you know, contributed to its success, similar to uh, another great show, uh, which might be my favorite show of all time, which is Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Vince Gilligan was the creator there, and he also was involved as a head writer and a showrunner and executive producer. It's a very very hands-on and very, very eloquently crafted. Not the type of show you could see on network reasons in terms of what you can show and can't show and say what you can say and can't say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Mad Men was great. And, and the, the theme, I think, inter- yeah, I have an interesting story about the theme. Um, Matthew Weiner was um, talking about this in an interview one time, and he said he was uh, the show the show was in production and, you know, it was kind of in the early stages and he was looking for a theme song and he says he was listening to national public radio one day, uh, Marketplace, which is the business show on NPR. And this uh, little theme came in between between segments and he said, wow, really, what is that? You know, that, that's kind of a cool little bit of music. And he had no idea what it was, but he said that that might be great for, for what I'm looking for. And so he he found that it was actually a, a little tune called A Beautiful Mine, M-I-N-E, A Beautiful Mine, from a, a 2006 album called Magnificent City uh, from a couple of rap artists who I know nothing about. I just know the music's pretty good. And uh, it's very melancholy, kind of has a haunting kind of quality to it. And it's, um, it's superimposed over an opening credit sequence where you see in a black and white silhouette of a man tumbling out of a window and just in free fall, just kind of falling like his life is out of control. And he, he can't get grounded, which dovetails really well with the central character in the show. Um, the central character was a guy named Don Draper, played by the actor John Hamm. Uh, and Don Draper was an advertising genius, but a bit of a womanizer. And kind of his life was kind of totally out of control on the personal side, even though he was a genius on the professional side. And so he, his whole life seemed to be in free fall throughout the series. So, so the theme and the opening credit sequence seems to just dovetail so nicely with what the show ultimately uh, became about. And so that's the sort of, uh, I guess, attention to detail that, you, that I became accustomed to seeing on the show, which I think made it, made it so good over its uh, seven-year run. So from your perspective, then, a show like that 
Because to me, when you do those period pieces, you want to feel like you've been transported back in time. Absolutely. Yeah. And this, this one absolutely did that. Uh, they put in, I have read just enormous research into trying to make it seem as authentic as possible. And it was widely praised for being able to do uh, exactly that. And I will yeah. say also, I won't give anything away, but you know, you know, certain TV series that we like, you know, you come down to that TV, the, the final episode of the final season. And sometimes these finales are great and you love them, you know, and then sometimes they're like a disappointment. It's like, Oh, that's awful. Uh, you know, Seinfeld's had some controversy in terms of what the final episode was like. Years ago, uh, Dallas, Larry Hagman, the finals episode of that, I guess, generated some controversy. The Sopranos, another great show. Uh, I love their final episode. A lot of people didn't. But I think Mad Men had a great final episode down right to the last few seconds, which I think perfectly captured the essence of this central character. And I thought, oh, man, as I watched it that evening, I thought, that is brilliant. Mm. That is brilliant what they've done. So, so yeah, high props to, to that for the intelligence and the, uh, just the overall high quality and so many different dimensions that went, in, that went into that show. Yeah, so I guess looking here at Wikipedia, so depicting some of the, 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 the themes of the 60s, cigarette smoking, drinking, sexism, feminism, yes, adultery, yes. homophobia, anti-Semitism, and racism. Was, uh, I mean, yes. the 60s, I mean, the, the 60s were yeah, very a lot of that. chaotic. You, yes, absolutely. And you talk about the sexism and the male dominance and all of that. The irony is that on Mad Men, a majority of the writing staff were women. Hmm. 60 to 70 percent were women, which is I have certainly heard and don't know and have no reason to doubt is atypical uh, in the industry. Yeah. So they had a lot of influence from um, outstanding women writers on that show. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, all right. Well, Joe, thank you for that. And of course, thank you for the uh, uh, outstanding uh, work uh, talking baseball. We'll definitely do another uh, baseball show. Jay will be back in the fold with us and uh, Great. Uh, we'll uh, we'll cap off a. Uh, I haven't figured out if we're going to do a World Series preview or if we're going to wrap it up at the end of the World Series. We'll come up with a plan. And uh, Yep, I always do. I've got to go ice my arm, Jeff. 142 yeah, pitches. You left you left me out there hanging out to dry, but we got through it. Hey, you know, I did what I had to <laughs> to get the win. Presswell was not available tonight, so you just had, I had to take one for the team. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly right. Joe, thanks again, buddy. Thanks. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.